coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village. Greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Hi, Jay. Here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. You got a rock and a hat today. Hoping to find we're two of a kind. Why you got a hat on? Oh, you know what? I got this new ball cap. I see it's a Boston Red Sox uh, trucker hat. I was at a, uh, a local re- retailer, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I saw this hat. It, was it looks sale. like a welfare hat. And uh, you know, it's got the uh, the mesh in the back. Yeah, it's a trucker hat. It's a fashionable mesh cap. I don't know why uh, you're wearing a hat. Well, you know, I went to try it out, and uh, you know, I have an oddly shaped head. Mm-hmm. So it takes a certain cap mm. to uh, to cover the, my, my uh, cranium. Certain type of hat. Perfectly. Mm. Otherwise, I look dumb. Well, welcome to another edition of the EM Project. When I say another edition... I mean a a new edition because we haven't done one in so long. It's been many many weeks. It's been a while. It's been a while since our last program, but but you know what? We've been busy with life, with life and love and everything that goes with it. Mm. And we are back here once again to entertain you. Ah, much like George Takei. George Takei. Is it Takei or Takai? It's Takai. I always thought it was Takai, but apparently it's Takei. He has a deep voice. You know, I I never knew that uh, George Takei was um, a homosexual. Hello. And he likes men, but that's yeah, fine. Good for him. And uh, I heard a story that he used to wander around Central Park looking for men. Yes, I heard this in back in the day, right? Back in the 60s or 70s. Hello, I'm George Takei. You think he said that? You think he would approach men and say, I'm George he Takei. He would walk into the shrubbery. Sulu. Commander oh. Sulu. Hello. Was he a commander? I don't know. What was he? What was his rank? He was in the Starfleet. I don't know. What did he do? Did he ever go down to the planets? Sulu was not usually a part of the away team. The no? away team was usually uh, Kirk, Spock, mm. Scotty. And uh, Yeoman Johnson. Oh, and Yeoman Johnson always got killed. Yeah. Well, you know what's it's sad uh, uh, that we are uh, we had some sad news this week. We lost a a movie great. Who was it? Mr. Burt Reynolds ah, passed away. Yes. Uh, I very much enjoyed Burt Reynolds movies. I was a fan of the Cannonball Run movies. You sure, fan of those? Sure. Uh, Smokey and the Bandit, of course. Uh, but he was in a lot of films. He was in a lot of a lot of good movies. He was in Deliverance. He was in Deliverance, but it brings up a very good point yep. that I wanted to talk to you about uh, at the outset. Well, before we get to that, before we get to Burt Reynolds, I'd, uh, let's tease the show, the show topic for let's today. Let's tease it. So we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about uh, conspiracies on this show, um, and we usually stick with, we, we've talked a lot about conspiracies that are known to a lot of people. We, we're going to talk about today the most outlandish conspiracy theories we've ever run across. A few. Well, not all of them, but we've yeah, we're going to talk about uh, briefly about a number of just outrageous conspiracies that you would never believe uh, because they're probably not true, but they're interesting and fun nonetheless. And the the um, you know the phenomenon of the conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, we're going to get into that. But before we get into the outrageous conspiracy theories, Burt Reynolds passed away, and what Burt Reynolds was famous for was his mustache. Mm. So I wanted to ask you, yes, because we haven't we haven't discussed this. This is uh, unprompted. What, in your opinion, is the best mustache in entertainment history? Who possessed the best mustache? Mm. In, in modern entertainment? You would modern, you? Yeah, I'd say modern entertainment. Yeah. Not mm. like, you know, not in the 20s or anything. No, no vaudeville. No uh, vaudeville uh, actors. Mm-mm. Well, let me think. Well, so, you know, it's a... It uh, doesn't necessarily have to be movies now. It can be any, anyone in entertainment. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, the iconic, well, as we all know, the iconic uh, mustache. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a few of them. There's been a few. You know, Burt Reynolds being one. Burt Reynolds got the mustache. Clearly. Uh, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Is another. Is, it would be uh, at the top of many lists. But I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go outside the, the acting realm. Oh. And I'm going to say uh, uh, a musician. Okay. Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury did possess a very interesting mustache. 
for you know he was mustacheless for a while, and then, yes. he, and then he had a mustache. He looked better with the mustache. He did. But you know, when you're considering mustaches, great mustaches throughout history, throughout uh, the entertainment history, I should say. Like, how do you how do you gauge someone's better than another? Are you looking for you know volume? Are you looking for longevity? Are you looking for uh, uniqueness? Uh, plumage flourishes. I think Any it has type to of be sort of weird. It has to be voluminous. Voluminous. It has to be. Oh, uh, you don't think a pencil thin mustache mm, would be good? No. There were some very famous people who had pencil thin mustaches. Mm, Wyatt Earp. Uh, well, uh, no. Wyatt Earp had the giant. Oh, he did. He one. did. He had the uh, like a Raleigh fingers type. Uh, yeah, he had the had the handlebar mustache. Mustache. Well, I guess I could have said Raleigh fingers too. Raleigh fingers had the yeah the handlebar with the uh, the the, f- the flourishes on the end there. Mm. But you know there was a number of them. There was um. Obviously, you, you mentioned Tom Selleck, Freddie Mercury. I also had a great one. Uh, who else had had wonderful mustaches throughout the years? Clark Gable. Remember Clark oh, Gable? Oh, I, I do. Had, yeah. He had a pencil thin mustache. He did that was a good one. I was just gesturing like you could see me. But you, you know, can't. I have I have a problem. I have I, I um I lack manliness mm-hmm. because you know some people I'm I'm very jealous of people that can grow a mustache, mm-hmm. a very thick and full mustache. Yes. And just a few short days. Yes, they can. I cannot. Me neither. I can let it go. I tried one time. I let it go for like a month. <laughs> And, uh, it just becomes annoying. It was splotchy. Yeah. And uh, a guy, I was actually at a, uh, uh, a local hardware store, mm-hmm. and a guy thought that I was a landscaper because I because of the kind of mustache I had. What? Like, yes. What What does a landscaper mustache look like? I don't know. How did he, he did he say that you look like a landscaper me, because of your he mustache? Called me, uh, he called me Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> That's very racist. No, no. Yes. Anyway, so we jet into the topic today. We have a number of things to talk about, and only a limited to actually we have unlimited time. We could talk all day if we, we could. wanted to. We are not constricted by the bounds of terrestrial radio. Until the hard drive runs out of memory, right. then we're in pro- we have a problem. So let's talk about the topic. We'd be the first people to tell you that not everything is how it seems. The official story is not always the real story, and there's conspiracies behind a lot of things. However, that being said. There are some crazy-ass conspiracy theories that are so outrageous and out there that they make us seem like normal people. Yes. And that's hard to do. No. Now, these are actual theories. The things that we're going to talk about today are actual theories that people have, not some stupid stuff that we made up. Although, when we say it, if you've never heard of it, it may sound like we made it up. Right. Uh, but we're going to discuss several of these today in a quick-hit format. Uh, basically, just we're going to briefly discuss each topic and then leave it up to you, the valued listener to go ahead and conduct your own research and figure out if there's any merit to any of these. You know, I will say, I will say that, um, you know, the, the term conspiracy theory has gotten a negative, has taken a negative connotation over the years, mm-hmm. right? But if you look back at history, um, you know, there's been a lot of famous actual actual conspiracies that weren't necessarily theory. That which, turned into be real. Exactly. Yeah. Like, can you name one? Well, I mean, you, you know, growing up, uh, you know, early on in your uh you know, your educational years, uh-huh. you know, you learn about, uh, not Lee Harvey Oswald, but you learn about um, John Wilkes Booth and how he killed oh, yes. Abraham Lincoln. Yes. And so you first learn about just John Wilkes Booth. No, but there was a whole conspiracy behind him. There was a vast conspiracy. Yes. And many, many people were executed. That's correct. Uh, because of that. That's correct. They were. It was not a theory. It was John Wilkes Booth had a great mustache. He did. Yes. He was mustachioed. Did you know... Uh, we we are we are in uh, this the Eon Project Studios the palatial Eon Project Studios is in close proximity to uh, a place called Woonsocket, Rhode Island, mm. uh, which has a very famous old theater called the Stadium Theater, which we have been in many many That's many right. times. John Wilkes Booth actually performed at the Stadium Theater. That's pretty impossible. How was that? Seeing as how it was only built in the twenties. That's not true. Look it up. 
John Wilkes Booth performed at the Stadium Theater, not, not the Stadium Theater that we know. And no, know. it was like no, it was it was, it was, it was in, a smaller, yes, uh, but it was an earlier uh, iteration of it. It, it was in one socket. Shut up. Ooh, okay. Also, uh, Abraham Lincoln appeared in one socket too on the train. Different times. That's right. Anyway, so the first crazy conspiracy theory we are going to talk about today. I think I'm going to go first. Is that okay if I go? You go first? for it, sir. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and you're, it's going to be outrageous. And then we're going to talk about the conspiracy theory behind it. The moon isn't real. It isn't. The moon is not real. That is to say, the moon that we all look up and see in the night sky isn't really there. It's a hologram. That's right. This is a theory that came out around 2014 by eagle-eyed moon watchers who were staring at the moon via cameras to look for aliens and whatnots. So they had their cameras trained on the moon to see if they could see, you know, alien bases being built. That's right. Uh, E.T. up there phoning someone. Who knows what they were looking for. Um, however, why is there a hologram of the moon? <laughs> First of all, uh, to keep us from knowing stuff. That's right. Did you know that? That's right. It all, Yeah, it all goes with the flat Earth theory. Well, yes and no. So theories seem to differ that the moon, uh, why the moon hologram was placed up in the sky, whether it was to block out something like mm. a, like a planet, mm-hmm. another planet that's up there, which I don't know why we'd want to block a planet, or UFOs or a base, alien base. Well, who knows? They're just trying to hide everything. Going to hide something. So it's a hologram that's projected from various sites around the world, and that's why it appears slightly different depending on where you are. I see. This makes tons of sense. Mm-hmm. That's proof. Oh, there is proof that this moon is a hologram. Do you know that? I know that it's made of cheese. There are multiple YouTube videos out there that purport to show a lunar wave or a ripple oh. that occurs across the face of the moon, and that proves that it's a hologram. And I've actually seen some of these videos. Have you I seen have. a lunar wave video? You know, I've, I've, I've listened to some, watched some of these videos of these people that are claiming that it's a hologram. Yes. And to listen to them talk yes. is quite yeah. mind-boggling. These people are amongst us. <laughs> so the lunar wave is like this line that goes across the face of the moon, and to these people, it shows that it's a hologram. Now, mm. I'm sure that it's not just a camera effect or a video right. defect. Or, or atmospheric something or other. Or, or like a heat wave. You know, like when you look at a hot, on a hot day, you look at the street and yep, it looks yep. like there's waves coming up. It certainly has nothing to do with that. However, also proof. This is proof that the moon is not real. The moon is too big to be real, according to these people. Oh. If the moon were as big as it appears... It would have crashed into Earth or floated away billions of years ago. It's too big to be held by our gravity. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it would have either crashed into us or floated away. Okay. Now, those of you who are saying, of course the moon is real because people have been seeing it and records exist for as long as there have been people. That's right. What that about the time of Socrates? Aha! Mm. Aha, say the moon truthers. That's not real then? No. Oh. The, either the hologram is really, really old or aliens did it. Oh. Aliens put it up there. Okay. So that's why that explains why it was so old. So we're not even going to discuss the other moon-related theories like it's hollow or aliens live in it mm. or um, you know anything else uh, according to that. We're just discussing that the moon is a hologram um, because to discuss anything else would be lunacy. Mm. <laughs> did uh, you see what I that's did? That's where the term comes from. Yes. You know... It's funny that you mentioned the moon, though, because something that is not a conspiracy, and they have uh, recently supposedly discovered this. What's that? Is that there is liquid water on on the moon, which I find to be um, are you sure about amazing? That? Yes, they've discovered liquid water they on the moon. Just said this. Yes, I did not know that. That's true. Where is it? It's on the surface somewhere. There's like a lake. In I the don't moon? know how because there's no atmosphere. <laughs> there's no atmosphere. <laughs> I don't know. I heard it. I think you heard wrong. Oh, 
Anyway. Maybe it was whiskey. So that's the first one. Do you think the moon is real? I, I think it's probably real. You can look up and see it. I think the moon is pretty real. Yeah. And We've uh, actually had people stepping on it, so. Well, according to the conspiracy theorists, yeah, that but, hasn't happened either. Well, no. That's correct. But you know how many people would have to be involved in that conspiracy to keep the moon landing a secret? Mm. Uh, thousands. Thousands and thousands of people. That's right. And, you know, they can't keep secrets about anything nowadays. No. So I'm sure that would uh, would come out in some form or fashion. Yeah. That's All right, right, moving on. What's moving your on. What's your first one? Well, I'm going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go way off from the moon, so okay. to speak. Off of the moon, and I'm going to talk about the Beatles. We've hmm. talked about the Beatles before in the program. Yep, we love, they are one we of love the most the uh, influential and uh, you know. Famous rock bands of all time. Oh, you know what? Uh, I know you're a big Beatles fan. Before you get into the topic, I just want to say that I, I listen to. I'm not a big as big of a Beatles fan as you are, but uh, I was. I have satellite radio now, so you know how you can get the Beatles station mm. like on XM. I love it, and uh, they play some weird tracks that you never heard before. I actually heard a um, an old track. It was, and I forget the name of it, but it was John Lennon and Yoko Ono, just the two of them screeching oh. with like weird ambient noises yeah, and stuff yeah. for a few minutes. See, and I don't know what the hell that you was. You know what's funny? Musically, early on, uh, you know, they, of course, they experimented with different things and it, sure. it worked to their advantage. And they had a lot of, they were very uh, trend setting when it comes to certain uh, musical, uh, you know, different musical recording techniques and mm-hmm. instruments and things of that sort. But then they started to go a little too far off the rails when mm. the, uh, the LSD was. Was uh, running was a flowing, <laughs> and Yoko stepped into the picture. Yes, yeah, not and, a, not uh, a not a comely woman, not an attractive no, and not, woman at all. Not a, not musically gifted in any way. No, but, but they, she was given uh, carte blanche. That's right. And they used to try to, of course, John used to try to work her into the uh, recordings. What, was it, what is it about Yoko Ono that, like, what did, was she famous too? Like, how did she, how did he meet her? She, he was very famous. He was one of the sure. most famous people in the world at yeah. that time. So how did he get? He was she was Japanese. Yeah. So and very There's a lot uh, of Japanese people. And she uh, she put a spell on him, oh. if you will. Okay. So some some people think you know we've all heard the the conspiracy theory that Paul is dead, right? Oh, we've heard this. We one. talked about that before. Been done to death. Where supposedly he died in a car crash, yep. and then they replaced him with a double, yes. who was just as good, actually, not if not better than the original Paul McCartney. Oh, but apparently there's a theory that the Beatles never actually existed at all as a band, as a complete uh, band. Okay, that's right. No, they didn't exist at all. <laughs> that's exactly right. So from the moment they began, apparently the Beatles were a fake band. Staffed by a revolving cast of almost identical actors. Oh, because that sounds really, that sounds plausible. That's right. Not like the monkeys, except with a changing cast. So they were out there. They were out there. Uh, it basically just, um, you know, it was, a, it was a marketing and a informational tool mm-hmm. to, uh, to confuse the youths of the time and to, uh, to spread the word <laughs> of people. What word? <laughs> <laughs> so believe it or not, and that's why there's only two Beatles left. Because oh. uh, they could not f- because of age. No, as they got older, it was harder to find a uh, adequate replacements uh, musically to uh, to replace the dying Beatles. Then how do you how do they? Well, I know that you you probably don't subscribe to this theory, but how do they explain how Paul McCartney's voice today sounds just like Paul McCartney's voice from forty years ago? You think? Yeah. Oh, I would disagree. Really? Yeah. You can tell it's Paul no, McCartney no, because and you know what happened? Actually, this happens. This happens to a lot of musicians over the course of time as they get older. Their singing voices change. And they actually end up, a lot of the, the way that the songs were recorded originally, mm-hmm. as they play them now, they play them in a different tuning. Well, because they can't key. sing as high. I get that. Exactly. Sure. They, they lower the key a lot of the times. So normally Paul McCartney would talk like this. They talk like this. Oh, he talks like this. Governor. So the Beatles never existed. Oh well, that's nice. That's right. For those of you listening in the UK, I hope you're, uh, hope you're sitting down for that portion. You mm. should have given a warning. 
<laughs> that most of their childhood is, has been a lie. Hey, something we didn't mention, too, speaking of music, mm. is that we have a, a special guest coming on later to talk about a musical promotion ah. that is going on. Musical promotion for the show? For the show, for the business, for the music. For everything. everything. That's right. So stay right. tuned. We're going to move on, right? Yep. Moving on to the next topic. Okay. Here's one for you. We're all living in a computer simulation. Did you know that? Well, that's true. It's the Matrix. Well, this one's really out there. So here's the gist of it. I know some of you may have heard this before. Actually, this is this is one that has been discussed at scientific levels uh, by, by people way smarter than us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's actually a topic that, that goes around. It, it's been going around for a number of years now. But here's the gist of it. So you, Me? your pet gerbil, I'm a gerbil, your neighbor Fred, Freddy, and everything in your world and mine is not real. Ah, it's all a computer simulation. Underwear. Somewhere along the line, our civilization became so advanced that it started conducting computer simulations that were so uh, lifelike that they were indistinguishable from reality. Mm-hmm. So much so that the people and things in it, like you, me, the gerbil, and Fred, are not aware that it's fake. Ah. We're just part of a, a giant computer program. Okay. So this is actually taken from Scientific American Magazine, which sounds pretty... Inter- it sounds official. It's Scientific American. Yes. Is that the one that... Uh, um, who's, the guy from, who's the guy from MASH that does the, uh, the science program? Uh, the guy from Mash. Remember the remember the uh, who was one of the actors? Not Alan Alda. Was it? Uh, yes, Alan Alda. Alan Alda does a science show. He does. He, I like Alan he Alda. He does. He does. It's pretty good. I think it's Scientific American. Well, there you go. From Scientific American magazine, quote Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's uh, like a famous uh, astrophysicist. astrophysicist. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like a rock star That's of the right. astrophysicist world. That's right. Um, he's the director of the museum uh, museum's Hayden Planetarium, which I don't know where that is. Puts the odds at 50-50 that our entire existence is a program on someone else's hard drive. This is a quote from Mr. DeGrasse. Is he a doctor? He must be a doctor. Yeah, sure. I have to imagine. This is a quote from him. I think the likelihood may be very high, he said. <laughs> he noted the gap between humans and chimpanzees' intelligence. Despite the fact that we share more than 98% of our DNA, somewhere out there could be a being whose intelligence is that much greater than ours. Of course. We would be drooling, blithering idiots in their presence. He said, if that's the case, it's easy for me to imagine that everything in our lives is just a creation of some other entity for their entertainment. Aha! Uh-huh. For proof, proponents of this theories point out the fact, and this is, this is I guess this is a fact, mm. people are smarter than me, that science is always finding mathematical formulas that explain how things work, like gravity and cosmic forces and whatnot. So if math is behind everything, then we must be living in a computer simulation because that w- would make sense, right. apparently. I don't know math. I have a math disability. I don't know if if I buy any of that, but there's a famous science quote that you may have heard that goes, if you can't disprove the idea, you can't prove it. That's true. So I hope math isn't behind everything because I suck at math. Uh, You have kids. Yeah. Have you ever tried to help your kids with math homework? I don't enjoy math. Once they get past third grade, I have no idea what I they're talking about. I thought I was about. done with math when I left no. school, but nope. now it's it's reared its ugly head again, well, and I feel like an idiot. Yeah, and uh, and not only that, you know, we, we, would you consider well, would you consider ourselves to be successful adults? No. Okay. Would you consider ourselves to be adequate adults? We're probably mm. adequate, right? Well, you're pretty adequate. Yeah, you know, we we, we don't uh, we're not dying of starvation. We're raising families. Right. And sure, we don't have a million dollars, but, you know, we do pretty good. We're all right. Yeah, you know, I bought a new pair of shoes recently. So. Have you ever used math in your adult life? I, um, I, Besides basic addition and some Basic stuff, like uh, I got to measure this two by four. Yeah. No, no, no. I no. Tape I'm, I'm talking about algebra. No. Geometry. Um, I'm going to say the average person doesn't use any of that crap. Never. Never uses any of it. 
And you know, so what's the point of it? So going back to when we were kids, we asked the same question: Why am I ever going to? When am I ever going to use this? And of course, mm. your parents have to, your teachers have to say, "Well, you're going to use this someday. You're going to need. You're going to be notice. an astrophysicist like Neil deGrasse Tyson." But they all lied to us, and it's now I'm lying lie. to my children as well. It's a big lie about math. Anyway, stupid. So anyway, that uh, we're living in a simulation. So it doesn't matter what you do. So everyone should take all of their money and send it to us. That's right. Because we uh, need it. Contact Mike and Jay at the Eon Project at Yahoo.com, and uh, I will give you my PayPal information, mm-hmm. and you can send over some money. We appreciate donations. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, though, because, you know, we, we've talked about aliens before in this program. And, Many times. And, and what's to say, and I, I subscribe to the, the idea that there are super advanced civilizations. What, what about an, a civilization that was a million years more advanced than us? Okay. Right? Which is, that would be conservative estimate. Right. And because consider how far we've come. You know, in the in last past. thousand years. Exactly. Sure. So a million years more advanced, we wouldn't have any clue nope. that they were even observing us. They could be manipulating us in every way, mm-hmm. which is why sometimes I wake up in a cold sweat. I was going to say, sometimes I wake up and my bum hurts. Yeah. So I don't know about they that. They manipulated you. I don't know, I don't know what happened there. Alien could, way. Could have been my wife. Who knows? That's right. Anyway. But uh, yeah, so we're like, we're basically could be like ants in an ant farm being mm-hmm. observed because they could be, as as our famous uh, alien guest many, many moons ago. You had an alien guest? Said... Uh, they could be non-corporeal. Is he from Mexico? Which means they're just floating through en- the energy and the ether of space and time. Did he without- say that? I kind of zoned out. He was one of those guests that was too smart. Yeah. And he knew t- too many big, big He used that word, and then I didn't words. know what it was until he explained it. Then it and made I, sense I to me. And I couldn't follow along. So now I use it to sound just as smart as Joe. Oh, okay. That's right. Hey. So it's, a, it's quite a possibility. I hope Joe's doing okay. I haven't seen Joe in a while. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, all right. So I want to talk about uh, weather control. Oh! So there's a theory that... Uh, that the former president, Barack Obama, could control the weather. Barry Sotero. And they used one of the examples of back in May of 2013, uh, there was a mile-wide tornado that struck the city of Moore, Oklahoma. That's a big-ass tornado. And killed 24 people. And they said that the the strange movements of the tornado appeared as though that it was under under uh, intelligent control. Oh. So, Somebody had a joystick somewhere. That's that right. So this is, not a, this is not a new theory. And this is actually quite a prevalent theory that... The government, in general, can control weather patterns. Yes. And I remember back when uh, Hurricane Katrina struck, which was a very devastating hurricane. Yes, I lived in the south when that happened. Yeah. And you didn't get washed away, thank God. No. Nope. But the, the theory was that, that George W. Bush had created this uh, hurricane yep. and sent it towards the people of New Orleans mm-hmm. and Texas and you know the, that part of the country, the Gulf Coast, Yes. to... To destroy people, apparently. For, for what purpose? I don't know. They do oh. for whatever reason, you know, insurance purposes or just to practice. You know, knowing what you know about uh, just to just to use a weapon to how, how to uh, hone their weapon, uh, you know, their skills of controlling the weather. Knowing what you know about George W. Bush, do you think he has the intellectual capacity to think of something like that? Fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> Fool me again, there'll be no more, more shaming or whatever he said. <laughs> you know, the funniest. George W. Bush moment I remember of his presidency, and there was a lot of strange. Somebody threw a shoe at him. Somebody threw a shoe at him, and the look on his face—he had this stupid look on his face. He was like smirking. He dodged it though. He dodged it, but then he cut up, and his face was like, uh, it was just hilarious. He seems like a good guy to drink beer with. That's what I was just about to say. He's probably a cool guy to drink some whiskey with. But uh, so anyway, but yeah. So the government. I mean, do you think that the government can manipulate the weather? Well, here's the thing, and and I, I I wanted I wanted to mention this. The government has tried to manipulate weather, not not necessarily to create storms and hurt people, but they have tried to create rain. 
right. that it rains in drought-covered areas. I get that. That's, that's right. They that's, seed the clouds sure. with uh, silver that's been iodine. Around, that's been around for decades. People have been doing that. That's right. And supposedly the HARP, I think it's the HARP project. Yes, that's correct. That, uh, that Some really, sort of electrical they, they, they fire atmospheric uh, beams into the ionosphere, supposedly. Supposedly to measure stuff. I don't know I don't know what the deal is with the HARP thing. But yeah, supposedly one of the, one of the side effects of the HARP program is that the it creates monster storms, which I don't know how that would... Because the harp generator is in like Alaska. That's right. So how it would generate a storm in the tropics, I don't know. I don't know either. Speaking of which. But the government does try to manipulate just about anything, sure. I would say. Sure, absolutely. And you can't trust them in, trust in any the form or fashion. No. Left, right, or in the middle, it doesn't matter. People nope. become power hungry, and uh, they'll do anything to uh, to keep power and manipulate the masses. Yes. So anyway, moving on. You know... When we grew up, and we grew up, and we we talk a lot of times about the uh, the nineteen eighties, the seventies, eighties, uh, early nineties. That's when we were younger. And it, but there's there's been a lot, and there's been a lot of changes in the uh, in the world since then. But one of the things that I enjoyed most about my childhood, and you probably agree, is did you love Saturday morning cartoons? Loved it. Saturday morning was an event, right? You would get up, you would get your That's cereal, right. your mostly sugar flavored cereal. Oh, I was up early Saturday watching all cartoons. Sure, all morning. and like from six o'clock in the morning till like noon. They were all different cartoons. They don't do that anymore. No. Uh, there's cartoons like at different times. And... Well, that's because there's, there's cartoons pretty much all day, every day, on yeah. demand, wherever No, you but them. you're right. So when we were kids and there was only like four channels, the, right. the Saturday morning was for cartoons. That's just kind of how it was. So of all the beloved cartoons I had growing up, mm. I have to say that I had a favorite. Which was that? Scooby-Doo was always my favorite cartoon. I love Scooby-Doo. And the reason it was fa- my favorite, I'll talk about it in just a moment, but this conspiracy theory, the next out- outlandish conspiracy theory of all time, is that Scooby-Doo is a metaphor for something nefarious. Mm. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. Okay. So Scooby-Doo was always my favorite. You know, they talked to, they had, all the topics were ghosts, monsters, yep. legends. Yep. There was always some sort of cool backstory. I love the guest stars they had. They too. had great guest stars. They had the Harlem Globetrotters. They had the Three Stooges. Three Stooges, Batman. Laurel and Hardy. There was always some cool yeah. uh, guest star. And, and it's uh, all the crap that we talk about in this show, you know, ghosts, monsters, UFOs, all stuff, was on Scooby-Doo. Did you like Del- Daphne or Velma? I'm going to get to that in just a moment. Okay. Anyway, so we, you know, we, we all love the show growing up. But what if we were living a lie? We were loving a lie, I should say. Loving a lie? Yeah. Mm. What if the Mystery Machine gang and all of their exploits are actually metaphors for the 1960s drug and counterculture? Well, we knew that, didn't we? With no. The, the Mystery Machine, of course. Well, this you have to you have to. A lot of people don't know this. You think very strangely, okay. but these other people don't. Also, besides drugs. Uh, the the uh, Scooby Doo gang could be dodging the Vietnam draft. We're going to talk about that. That's why they're running all over the country. That's right. So here it goes. According to the drug theory, each character represents the embodiment of a different drug. The most obvious one is Shaggy, which of course is marijuana. Everybody mm. everybody knows that. He's hungry all the time. He's hungry. He's unshaven. He's unkempt. He possesses a large appetite, even though he's skinny. That's right. And uh, he says like wow a lot. Uh huh. You know he's paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> All the things that, that a, a very, very heavy marijuana user might exhibit. That's right. Um, so that's an easy one. Uh, but next is Scooby himself, who could represent either edible marijuana or hashish. Well, he loved the Scooby because snacks. Because he loves, he gets a high off of the Scooby snacks. You know, remember that's when right. you get a Scooby snack, he would act all crazy. That's right. You get all excited. Uh, so, so that explains Scooby. Now, Fred is an interesting one because to most people, he's pretty straight-laced. But how? however, he could be representing illegal steroids. He's buff, 
He never works out. That's he's right. large. Mm-hmm. He's got an upper body like uh, like he's a the perfect V-taper. linebacker. Yeah, yeah. man. He's, yeah. he's he's you know what what's going on with that? That's steroids, right? Well, okay. It's less clear. They're reaching now, but all right. I know it's less clear what Velma and Daphne represent, but it's clear to many people that Velma's a lesbian. I mean, that's pretty easy to to look at that, right? Why? Because she's got a short haircut. Short haircut. Uh, dresses frumpy. Um, well, anti-war activist. <laughs> she looks like. <laughs> so she. So she represents. Well, you know, she played softball back in the. Yeah, back in the day, that was controversial. It's not controversial today. Sure, you know, you could do that, whatever, but. Uh, back in back in the sixties, that would have been you know yeah absolutely taboo to talk about that sort of thing. That's right. Now Daphne, Daphne's drug is uh, sex. Okay, she's a sex addict. Sex addict. She loves to have sex with Fred. That makes sense. So she stays with him. They're always going in weird places together. They're always going off to so- so-called solve the mystery. That's right. They're going <laughs> we have to into split the... up. <laughs> you two, you go that way. Uh, we're gonna go in this dark cave. That's right. That, that you think Fred was stupid? You ever Fred notice wasn't he, stupid? You ever notice sometimes he came out of the cave and his ascot was askew? No, I never noticed yeah, that. Yeah. It was Paid his more hair must. It was. <laughs> it was Daphne like uh, uh, straightening her, her her knickers? Who knows what's going on? So that's Daphne's story. And then, uh, you know, obviously, <laughs> th- those are the, the individual drugs. But right. there's, uh, yeah, Fred and Daphne were constantly knocking the boots while splitting up to solve the mystery. But anyway, an alternate an alternate theory to the drug theory, real quickly, is that the whole thing is a metaphor for draft dodging. Mm-hmm. That it came right around the time of the Vietnam War, 1968, 1969. A lot of people were getting drafted. And if you look at it on its face, so they're driving around in a van, right? They never stop for too long. No. Can't be caught by the authorities. You're like gypsies, basically. <laughs> driving around solving mysteries. Obviously, Shaggy wants no part of the Vietnam War, right? You think Shaggy could join the Army or the Marine Corps at that time? Probably, mm. probably not so much. So they live in a van traveling around. Shaggy wants to stay away from the draft. Fred looks like he'd be all gung ho and volunteer for you know the Marines or something, but maybe he's not. Maybe he's a wuss. It could be. Maybe he's maybe he's afraid. Well, he's the uh, he's the he's the muscle of the crew. That's right. So you got Velma, the uh, the lesbian who couldn't get in anyway because that right. would have been illegal. That's right. And then you have Daphne who loves to have sex with Fred, so she's going to stay with him. Well, though, she would have been perfect in the uh, service. She would have been great <laughs> for USO. She could have been a good troop troop welfare person. Uh, and then the dog is obviously you know just a dog. So they're making their way to Canada, living off the grid, solving mysteries, right. uh, and uh, uh, to make money to buy drugs and uh, and stay away from the draft. You know what, though? Thank God that they did what they did, though. I mean, how many <laughs> mysteries did they solve? You know, <laughs> they and solved a lot of mysteries. Was, let me ask you this. Was there ever a... Uh, was there ever an episode where it was actually a paranormal event? No, that's a great question because I, in doing research for this program, I did I did see another conspiracy theory, and that a lot less uh, controversial and weird. But mm. the, that one is is that the whole thing is a metaphor for not a metaphor, but a um, a way to teach kids that there's no such thing as monsters because, like you like you just said, right? There's every single episode they solve the mystery. It was never a paranormal event. It was always somebody behind it. There was a person uh, committing a crime or or keeping people away or whatever. So there's the, the the crux of the show is that there's no such thing as monsters. Or, or, or they could have been saying that there's no such thing as fake monsters, but there are real monsters in the world. Oh, Humans. Interesting concept. Human, human monsters. Humans. All right, so we're just about at the halfway point of the show, as we per usual do on the uh, program. We mm-hmm. like to do something new and interesting, and I think we have something different today. I don't know. We've done so many different things, it's hard to keep track. We have done many things. But... Uh, so we have a, uh, it's basically, a, it's, this is like a guessing game, all right? <laughs> but it's a movie plot guessing game. Yes. So what Mike and I are going to do, we each prepared a, uh, a number of uh, 80s, famous 80s movies, movie plots. Stop kicking things. I'm, my, my leg is tangled in the cord. What are you doing? Got it around my neck and everything. Good Lord. 
Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to read these movie plots in a Shakespearean voice. Oh, using Shakespearean lingo. Because just to, it'll just show you that if you read anything in a Shakespearean voice, it sounds official and cooler and great and, and more cultured, f- more fun. And then the other person has to try to guess. So we got to try to guess what it is. What it is. Got it. Okay. Right. And we don't know what the other person's going to say. We don't. All right. So why don't you go? You want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Well, let me ask you this. Should yeah. we say the characters' names, or is that going to give no, it away? No, that would give it away. I would just do it in, in, in the voice. Okay. So I'm going to have to skip over some of the names here. Okay. This female is a pretty but inexperienced teen interested in dating. <coughs> given, given advice by her uninhibited friend, she gets trapped in a love triangle with, nice, with a nice guy and is a s- assured buddy. Meanwhile, her classmate, so-and-so, who lives for surfing and being stoned, Faces off against so and so, a strict teacher who has no time for slackers' antics. Uh, that wasn't really Shakespearean. That was going to say like, that like that sounds like George Takei <laughs> trying to do an Indian voice. <laughs> um, is that summer school? Nope. I don't know then. All right, I'll give you one of the one of the characters' okay. names. Okay. Uh, Jeff Spicoli. Oh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, it's a great movie. You know what I liked about that movie? It showed nudity. Yes. Uh, Twice. That's right. You could see Phoebe Cates, who was oh ridiculously gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. She's still pretty good looking. I'm in love. Pretty good looking, but she she, she famously took her uh, her top off during a, uh, a swimming scene. I may even leave my wife for a 60-year-old Phoebe Cates. That's how hot yeah? she is. She's pretty hot. All right. And then uh, also Jennifer Jason Lee gets completely naked. Mm. And you can see, like, I don't even know how they did. She must have been over 18 at the time, but she played like a 13-year-old or something, 14-year-old. I don't remember this part. You don't remember that? I got to go back and watch She this. has sex with Damone in the boathouse or right. the pool house, right. I should say. And they show her naked, completely oh, naked. Do? Yeah. Even her lower region? Yes. Oh, my God. you got to check it out, man. Jennifer Jason Lee. since I've seen this. And she's not good looking these days, but back then no, she was. No, no, no. She's lost it. All right. Well, you got one that right. I didn't. All right. Okay. So, ready? Yeah. <clears throat> oh. Hark and take heed as two stalwart members of the constabulary, both magnificent in their efforts and successes, but bitter rivals nonetheless, enlist the most enlist the most welcome help of one of their hot-ass sisters to ensure the downfall of one Jack Palance. <laughs> what is that? City Slickers. No. <laughs> Tango and Cash. Oh, my God. Remember it had... Uh, it had um, yes, Kurt Russell and... Kurt uh, Russell and, and, and Sylvester Stallone, but it also right. had a young Terry Hatcher, Terry Hatcher who was ridiculous. She was so hot. Now. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Ridiculous. Right, so you, you, didn't, you didn't get that one. All right. <laughs> In a remote Antarctica, a group of American research scientists are disturbed at their base camp by a helicopter shooting us at a slod sled dog. <laughs> when they take the dog in, it brutally attacks both human beings and canines in the camp, and they discover that the beast can assume the shape of its victims. A resourceful helicopter pilot, played by so-and-so, and the camp doctor, played by so-and-so, <laughs> Lead the camp crew in a desperate, gory battle against the vicious creature before it picks them all off one by one. That's the thing. Oh, that's ah, the thing. See? Who was in that? We just talked about Oh, uh, was it Jack Palance? <laughs> oh, Kurt Russell was in that. Oh, he was? Yes. Yeah, I like Kurt Russell. Yep. He's an interesting dude. And also, you know also He's outspoken that? now. He's. Uh, did you know that? He's kind of a conservative. Yeah, He's I like, outspoken. I like him. Any, Wolford Brimley was in that. Oh, Mr. Diabetes. And uh, the... The black guy from, uh, remember the show Spencer for Hire? Yes. And the guy Hawk? Remember the guy that played Hawk? Yes. He was in that. Speaking of Spencer for Hire, if I could take a quick moment yeah. to, to plug myself. Uh, I actually had a audition for a movie, a major Hollywood film, mm. uh, based on that. How did it go? 
It went okay. Actually, I had two auditions for two different parts. I went both uh, two times. I haven't gotten called yet, but I want everybody to say a collective uh, a prayer for me that I get hired. Did you say one of the movies was Spencer for Hire? Yeah, they're redoing. It's it's a it's a Mark Wahlberg <gasps> film, and they're redoing uh, Spencer for Hire. I'm gonna Hire. throw up. Okay, what? I hate reboots. Can we just yeah. say that? And they've come out with a new one. Speaking of mustache, they're doing a new Magnum PI. Yes, it looks terrible. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they're redoing a Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. was great. How can you redo that? I don't know. You, you can't. It only worked because of Tom Selleck. <laughs> and I didn't realize that Spencer for Hire had such a following that they would make a motion picture out of yes. it. Yes, well, it's a, it's a Peter Berg film. He actually made uh, uh, Lone Survivor, uh, Deepwater Horizon. He's made a number. Uh, he made Patriot's Day. So it was Robert, what was the guy's name? Robert Spencer. No, 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 in the, the actor's name. Oh, uh, uh, Robert Urich? Ulrich. Something like that. Yurik, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but anyway, they're redoing that. Okay, so whose turn is it? Maybe I'll get in. It's yours. My turn. Okay. <clears throat> Unwitting and dim-witted, two erstwhile members of the clandestine services, hearken and doeth succeed in thine efforts to infiltrate the land of the Sars, inadvert- inadvertently beginningeth the Armageddon, also with hot-ass women. That sounds like Spies Like Us. <laughs> spies Like Us. <laughs> A classic Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd film. Buddy Flick. Oh, man, what a great movie. You know, they had good chemistry, those two. They did. Mm. Would you learn your Russian, JCPenney? That's a good... That's a lot of good one-liners in that in that movie. All right, I got that one. Anyway, okay. You, you're probably going to get this one. All right. Don't look at my sheet. I'm not looking at your sheet. Apacrust executive, so-and-so, and down-and-out hustler, blah-blah-blah, are the subjects of a bet by successful brokers, blah-blah and blah-blah. <laughs> An employee of the blanks is framed by the brothers for a crime he didn't commit, with the siblings then installingeth the street-smart so-and-so in his position. When blank and blank uncover the scheme, they set out to turn the table on the so-and-sos. That would be trading places. It is, yes. 1983. And, and I learned uh, everything I know about the stock market, I learned from trading places, the final scene there, when they when yes. they, they cornered the market on frozen concentrated orange juice. That's right. In another... Uh, another eyes wide open moment mm-hmm. uh, was when Jamie Lee Curtis took oh, her top off. yes. She was very hot too. And it was one of those things you saw her in Halloween and then yes. you finally get to see her naked yes. bosoms. She was a movie. very attractive young lady uh, back then. Anyway. Alright, moving on. Yep. I have two more. Okay, I only have one. Okay. Well, that's good because we're going back and forth. <clears throat> a young man full of vim, vigor, and possibly vinegar desperate to sow his wild oats Leaves his life of fortune, luxury, and private bathing slaves to cross the seas, unaccompanied, I mean, unaccompanied unaccom- by his hetero manservant, in order to find a suitable bride, ensuring that hilarity willeth ensue. Oh, coming to America. Yes, this is coming to America. What a great film. That was good. You know, he played uh, all the characters in the... Uh, he played the Jewish the, guy, right? He the played one. all the characters in the barbershop scene, except for the one that Arsenio Hall plays, but he plays all the other characters. Right. He's a good... He used to be a really good actor. He was good. I don't know what he does now. I don't know. Nutty P, baby. Nutty P. All right. My last one. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to give the names because you might not know the like, character names. <laughs> okay. Because I don't know if it's going to give it away for you. Okay. Moving in from Chicago, newcomer Ren McCormack is in shock when he discovers the small West Midwestern town he calls home has made dancing and rock music illegal. <laughs> oh. As he struggles to fit in, Ren faces an uphill battle to change things. With the help of his new friend, Willard Hewitt, and defiant teen Ariel Moore, he might loosen up this conservative town, but Ariel's influential father, Reverend Shaw Moore, stands in his way. That's Footloose. Yes! yes. Oh, 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 you know your 80s films. One of the best movies of all time is Footloose. Oh, yeah. Dancing's illegal. 
the Kevin Bacon, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I'm actually, I'm one degree from Kevin Bacon. I was in a film with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I, I, would that be one degree? So that would make me, uh... Two. <laughs> no, because I, I was, well, no, because I was in a film with Kevin Bacon. Oh, that, no, that's right, you were. So yeah, you're, right. you're a first degree as well. He was in, uh, um... That's correct. Rules of Engagement. Yes, he was. Which I was in. I that's played a, uh, an extra in the movie. Yes. And you can't see me. No, because it's too far. You're the guy, you're the guy with the Marine Corps uniform on. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. Ready? <clears throat> know ye that this man, alone and afraid, doeth take upon himself the task of defending the weak and innocent, even knowing if that he be bereft of footwear and possessing only a shirt akin to the beating of a wife, does he succeed in saving said Nakatomi? Oh, that would be the great Die Hard. Die Hard, yes. <laughs> And the Nakatomi Plaza. If I didn't say Nakatomi, would you have gotten that one? Uh, maybe not. No. Yeah. You know who was in that? The great Reginald Vell Johnson. Reginald Vell Johnson was in it. He played yep. a cop in every show he was in. And wait, ready? Ready? The great Alan Rickman. Mm. Give me my detonators. I need the detonators. That didn't sound What much. a great, great film that was. You know, he did the whole movie without any shoes on. Shoes and socks. Yep. And, uh, he and it made me nervous because he was always stepping on like glass. Yeah, he stepped in the glass and he pulled that piece of glass out you of know his what? foot. Die Hard One was great, obviously the best one. Die Hard Two was terrible. Die Hard Three was with with Samuel L. Jackson was actually really good. Mm. And then I didn't see any of the other ones. <laughs> Were there any others? There was like that? five. Oh, or six. Mm. It was a bunch. What was his uh, What was his sidearm in that movie? The, his weapon of choice. He had a Beretta. He did have a Beretta, Beretta nine millimeter. That's right. And that made me want one. Yep. Back in the day. All right. All right. That was pretty good. Yeah. So we're back. And we have a, uh, a special guest on the line. Yes. Hello. Hello, special guest. Hello. Hello. How are you guys? Good, good. Who are we speaking with? Uh, this is Brent. Oh, hey, Brent. Yeah, hey, Brent. Friend yeah. of the show. 51 Pan Man. That's right. That's right. You're 51 a uh, Pan Man. loyal listener. Going. That's going way back. That's uh, That was the, the first uh, exposure to you was by 51 Pan Man. Handle. That was a long, long time ago. That's right. That's correct. The beta edition. That's right. So you've been a loyal listener for quite some time, uh, Mr. Brent. And, uh, you know, of course, we appreciate that. And we appreciate everything that you do for the program. And because you listen to this program, Absolutely. because you listen to this program, you have developed a very successful business uh, based on our advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. In our keen business sense and musical acumen. Yes. Uh, yes. Why don't you talk a little bit about your business, what, you're, what you do, what you're up to, and uh, how things are going and any promotions that you may have. Yeah, so why don't you talk a little bit about uh, everything you got going on, Brent? Well, um, lately the shop's been doing really good, and uh, we appreciate the support that the EM Project gave us early on, uh, sponsoring some ads for us and things like that. And uh, what we do is we build custom guitars, uh, amplifiers, effects pedals, and uh, those type of things. When we do them, we try to build them with some really unique characteristics and features, and uh, we want them to look really cool, but they also sound really good, too, and they're, and they're really good quality instruments. Um, you know, one of the things I like to do personally is when I'm working on anything in the shop, I like to listen to the Eon Project. Uh, and in fact, I would like to see more listeners listening to the Eon Project, get these guys, Mike and Jay, the ability to be able to do it more frequently, so that I have something to listen to while I'm working, to be frankly honest with you. Okay. So I, I'm going to offer a promotion. It's pretty simple. If you want to win a custom guitar built by me in my shop, we'll do that for you. You have to be the 100th person to write a review on iTunes for the Eon Project. Ooh. That's simple. That's simple. And if that means you make your kid get on there and listen to it, write a review, <laughs> and then you do it and grandma does it and whoever... 
to get to that hundredth one, there's tricks to do it. There's ways you can get to be the hundredth one. And if you're the hundredth person to write a review for the Eon Project on iTunes, I will provide you with a custom guitar built to your specs to a value of five hundred dollars. Wow, that's yeah. awesome! <laughs> All right, well, and it gets better. Yep. Okay. If for, if for some reason it goes crazy and somebody hits the five hundredth review, I'll double that amount and add five hundred more. Wow! So we'll do a fifteen hundred dollar guitar. That's insane. Well, that's uh, that's very generous of you, Absolutely. Brent, for not only the the listeners but for us as well. I mean, we Absolutely, appreciate right. your help on that. That's awesome. And uh, well, and. You know, I like to throw challenges out to people because I like to be proven wrong. I feel pretty safe that uh, nobody's going to take the time to get on there and really do this. But prove me wrong. Mm. I mean, seriously, really prove me wrong because I'm more than happy to follow through on my end of the deal. And I will absolutely 100% get in touch with you, work with you intimately to make sure that you have the product you want exactly the way you want it. Mm. Custom pickups, finish, body whatever you want we'll make it happen and we'll get it to you asap wow. you can help us through the build the whole way so hopefully uh, whoever the winner is they can uh we can live stream some of the build um on to you guys' show um you know maybe do some different things like that um you know eon projects near and dear to me and uh i want to see it continue to succeed and i want to see it thrive and i know that uh you guys out there that are loyal listeners like myself you know people that you can get to listen to this show and get reviews written. Make it happen, guys. Let's see this thing uh, really take off and, and, and become uh, what we all know it can be. Well, I mean, That's terrific. Yeah, we certainly appreciate that. And, you know, of course, I can I can speak to the, the quality of the instruments you build because you sent me one a while ago. and uh, Absolutely. I, I play it I all the time, you, uh, and it sounds great, and I love it. Yeah, it, it, that's actually uh, number two the, of the ones I, I actually built. So that maybe, hopefully, someday will be worth some money. But well, uh, Brent, if if, if if the listeners want to see see what you have to offer and they want to see your your products and stuff, where can they go? Well, I was having a hard time hearing you there, Mike. I don't know if it's the connection, but he, he, um, he was ba- yeah, he was asking you uh, where you, where these uh, the people can go to to find out more about you and learn about your uh, your products Absolutely. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a Facebook page, so we're on Facebook. It's Old 303 Music. We also have a website. It's uh, www.old303music.com. You can get on there and check it out. Um, you can also get to my personal Facebook page, which is just Brené Garrett, and that'll link you to all the pages that I manage for the shop and our pedals and things like that. So uh, definitely get on there, check out some of our past builds that we've done, look at the stuff that we carry as far as products and, and parts. All our stuff is, is handcrafted and uh, made in the United States, so we you know, we really focus on quality uh, over uh, availability of something cool. I mean, we, we definitely seek out people to make our stuff that's that's really really uh skilled at what they're doing so right, right. um yeah i mean and, and you know yep go ahead sorry well i i i just want to make sure too that um you guys uh understand that uh if you know you got people out there that are interested that's uh outside of this promotion you know have them get a hold of me but uh this is an easy way for them to get a guitar i mean really it's just a really easy way for them to get a guitar well, that, yep, yep, that's great. We, uh, like I said, we we certainly appreciate that, and uh, you know, um, hopefully we get, and we have some other uh, endeavors hopefully coming up soon between uh, some uh, yes. between us and you yes. and yeah. multi multi yeah, you know, multi state uh, things that are going on. So, 
Yeah, we do have some really exciting projects coming up. Uh, we've been uh, involved with Eon now for a long time out here at Old 303. And, um, you know, one of the cool things we have coming up, I, I don't know if you've talked about it yet, but I'll leave that to you guys. It's, it's going to be a really cool project, and, and uh, I'm super excited for it. All right. Well, we appreciate it, and, uh, you know, we'll keep you posted, too, on uh, on where the, uh, the reviews are going, and uh, hopefully we can get some business your way as well. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Good luck. Thank All right, you. man. Thanks a lot. All right, so that was a very uh, a generous uh, yeah, offer absolutely. there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you're into guitars, or even if not, if, if you think that you may just like the show and want to get a free guitar, <laughs> there you go. Who doesn't want a free guitar? I'll take one. I'll take uh, two. So you go to Old 303, that's O-L-D-E, that's 303 right. yep. Music. Just search them on Facebook. You got it. And you can find them. Outstanding. Well, we're, we're talking we? today about the most outrageous conspiracy theories of all time. Strange. Uh, that we've run across, at least recently. That's right. We've talked about a number of different things. We've mm-hmm. talked about uh, Scooby-Doo. We've talked about uh, the moon isn't real. Mm-hmm. we talked about your... Uh, what did you talk about? We talked about George Takei. <laughs> George Takei. <laughs> Mustaches. We, we, uh, we had some uh, uh, movie movie trivia there. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about something that's actually... We talked about some funny things. This one isn't so funny. What? Okay. What? Well, are you going to bring us down? I'm going to bring you down. All right. I didn't want to do it before the, uh, the Shakespearean uh, halftime show. All right. So I'm going to do it now. So this is a controversial one because it involves real people, mm-hmm. uh, and in some cases, who uh, real people who have passed away, and in some cases, children, which is not funny uh, at all. Yeah. So we're going to talk about crisis actors, and it's something that has come up, and and it it can't, it's it's this is a fairly recent phenomenon, but it, it's actually a topic that a conspiracy theory that surfaces anytime a major event happens. It's usually Related to terrorist attacks or something along those lines, and you may have heard of it, maybe you haven't. So, uh, but essentially, the the premise of the theory is this: is that there's always fake events taking place. That you have to you have to buy into the conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. There's always fake att- uh, fake things taking place: shootings, bombings, terror attacks, whatever. When these fake events take place, the people that we see on the news as victims and bad guys and and bystanders and everything else. Are referred to as crisis actors, so they're not real. They're they're people who are paid right. to p- to play a role on TV, they act out all these different acting events. out all the things. So in order to believe they're crisis actors, you have to believe that the events that they are uh, acting in are fake. A lot of this started with the Sandy Hook uh, massacre in uh, 2012, where this piece of crap lunatic kid uh, killed 20 little kids and six teachers in Newtown, Connecticut. That's not news; everybody knows about that. Um, but according to some conspiracy theorists, no one was killed that day, but rather that this was a staged incident uh, to bring about gun control measures. Mm-hmm. According to them, no kids were killed. Uh, the school was set to be closed anyway. SWAT teams were staged in the area just prior to the event because they knew it was going to come. And the suspect was a loser loner dude that didn't exist and so on and so forth. So according to them, everything you saw that happened on the news that day and, and the people who, who uh, lost loved ones and, and were on TV crying and stuff like that, that's not true. All that is completely fake. So to prove this conspiracy, some people point to pictures, and specifically we're talking about the Sandy Hook case, but you can actually read this into anything. Uh, they, you look at pictures of the aftermath and compare them to other events that have taken place, mm-hmm. like the Boston Marathon bombing, the Aurora movie theater shooting in Colorado, and they say that the people you see are the same. Right. So you'll find somebody crying in one, and then you look at another, stage, another um, incident, and then there's somebody, that exact same person is crying there too. So according to them, that's proof that this is not real. Also, um, they point out that family members of the victims acting like they were prepared 
or reading lines when they're being interviewed or acting inappropriately for uh, somebody who has just lost a loved one, which I don't understand how anyone could say that you're acting inappropriately for just losing a loved one. If you've not had that happen to you, you don't know how you would react. Um, but the main crux of the theory is that when you look at the video coverage, you see the same people at all these events. Now, this one pisses me off because the Newtown killings actually affected me pretty badly. Uh, as a father with little kids, I got really upset, even though I didn't have a personal connection to any of the people who lost their lives that day. Um, but, you know, I can see how people who did lose loved ones, imagine that I want you to put yourself in the position of that person for a minute. Let's say some idiot contacted you because this is this happens. These conspiracy theorists about crisis actors will contact family members and say, um, your kid never existed. Your little kid that was killed was not alive. You're you're an actor. How would you react to that? Mm. You'd probably lose your freaking mind, I would imagine. Sure. So this theory actually started around Newtown, but it's been going around the, the, the Parkland shooting, the Vegas massacre. These people uh, are saying that these are all government operations, that all the people involved are actors, um, and that you, you you know it's all part of a conspiracy. Now, um, obviously, we know that this isn't true, and there's... There's, and I, I know you're, you're not a b- big fan of Alex Jones, the guy that runs the um, InfoWars website. Mm. He's kind of a crazy conspiracy theorist himself. He got in a lot of trouble because he was propo- uh, proposing that Sandy Hook didn't happen. Um, I don't. I think he's backed off of that stance to, at this point. But th- these people who, who think that this isn't real, it, it just drives me, drives me insane. But this is a legit conspiracy theory. People think that that's true. Well, I will say this about about what you're what you're talking about. So... Uh, you know, you, you, you always still have to, um, you know, you have to take everything with, uh, you know, a discerning eye. Now, not, not, not to say that these things don't happen, but we all know that there are things out there that um, are made up and that are sure. fraudulent. Sure. So, you know, you, you have to question everything around you, but to the point where with some decorum, I will say. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, obviously look at the evidence, but and the other thing too would be there are people that do take advantage of these situations. Sure, sure, absolutely. For their own personal gain, though, as well. And not only that, there's actually real crisis actors. There is a real um, industry, if you will, of people who are paid to, um, to be role players in... Uh, mass casualty exercises in uh, in terrorism response drills. You can find th- these casting calls for people all the time. But these are, you know, um, like the National Guard recently was looking for people to to be victims for a mass casualty event on Cape Cod as part of a National Guard drill. So that does happen. These are these 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 people are in, employed to do that. But my question to you is this: If the government was using actors to to um, to act out these these terrible tragedies, these um, terrorist attacks and like that, wouldn't they use different actors? Mm. Why would they use the same freaking actor across each incident? But not only that, it would be ridiculous. Why would they fake it to begin with? In other words, no, it's exactly right. Why would they do that? You have the people that say that nine uh, eleven uh, was an inside job, right? Yes. So if they had the ability and the 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 lack of moral character to be able to pull off something like nine eleven and right. kill thousands of people, yes, wouldn't they just be able to do it for real? You know sure. what I mean? Like, oh, sure. let's, Why go would they hire up, let's go shoot up a movie theater or a school right. for real. Why would you fake it when the chances of somebody, you I, know, I don't know, unless being they, a whistleblower could be could be high. Could be higher, right. They just pay some. I mean, honestly, the, the truth of it is actually probably uh, more related. I think that there are, there's a lot of, uh, you know, these these mass killings that take place. If there, are, there are commonalities between these mm-hmm. perpetrators. Um, they don't think they have anything to do with the government. I think it's more related to mental health and and. Uh, lack thereof and, and medications and stuff like that, but that's no one seems to be talking about that kind of thing. Sure, 
Anyway. All right. Sorry well, sorry to bring the room down for no, a minute. No, I'm going was... to bring you all back up. Okay, sounds good. I got one more. All right. We all remember, and we all love, at least I did, because it was in my wheelhouse as a youth. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Saturday morning cartoons and things of that sort, right? Yep. Um, when we were watching kids, or at least for me, when I was watching Saturday morning cartoons, whenever it got to the point where the live action shows started coming on, yeah. I didn't really want to watch anymore, right? No. It was, a, it was a cartoon day. Yeah, yeah. But there was one particular live action, live, or, or like a sitcom that I loved. Mm-hmm. That would have been Saved by the Bell. Oh, Saved by the Bell. Oh, yes. I oh, I know why you love that. Mm. You love Slater. He was a very attractive I loved Slater, man. And I loved Kelly Kapowski. Mario Lopez. And uh, they were all very attractive. Kelly Kapowski. What was that other chick's name? She did strip tease. Oh, that was uh, Jessica. Uh, I don't remember her name. Spano. Jesse, Jesse Spano. Spano. <laughs> yep. And Lisa Turtle. Oh, she wasn't that was very the, good. Uh, the, what was her real name? I bet you don't know. Uh, Lark, Lark Voorhees. Voorhees. <laughs> I remember it because it was the same name as uh, Jason Voorhees from uh, Friday the 13th. That's right. That's right. So there's a uh, there's a theory out there that Saved by the the Bell was a vehicle for the Illuminati. Oh, and we all know the I haven't heard this one. The famous Illuminati, right? Yes, they're behind everything. That's right. They're behind everything. They illuminate Taco Bell. Or actually, they hide behind things in the shadows. So I don't know why they call the Illuminati, but anyway, shadow. It turns out that uh, the teen high school comedy that was you just talked about, Saved by the Bell, was riddled with hidden messages Ooh. endorsing Satanism. Satanism. There's a uh, there's a website out there that you can go to, and apparently the the uh, show's creators and its stars were uh, were behind the, the the hidden messages at the time. Okay. Ah, yes. Why were they doing that? Well, you know, uh, well that's 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 what the Illuminati does. <laughs> they they try to uh, infiltrate the minds of youths. Okay. Through popular sitcoms. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's okay. what they do. So, so everything they, is something else. That's right. So they get their m- message out there subliminally. Okay. So the, the kids are watching this uh, car, uh, program, mm-hmm. okay, and they're enjoying the program. But all the meanwhile, there are he- hidden and secret subliminal messages uh, taking p- taking place mm-hmm. that uh, put forth the Illuminati agenda. Oh, that's what kind right. of things, what kind of subliminal message did you run across with specifically what they meant? Or Well, you know, we think about it, right? You have um, teenagers. Yep. Um, hot ones too. Hot ones wandering around mm. in a unchecked, unchecked. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. They can, they can, uh, they can congregate in the common areas. Yeah, there didn't without, seem to be much class without going any on. repercussions. Right. They could, uh, they could make fun of Mr. Belding without Mr. getting Belding. any trouble. So yeah. that means that they're, uh, they're basically, uh, they're mocking the system. Oh, and uh, anarchy. That's right. There was anarchy all about in the mm. Saved by the Bell. Uh, World, okay, if the, if you will, that's an interesting one. Yeah, is that all you had on Saved by the Bell? Conspiracy? Well, I mean, you can look it up. There's websites out there devoted oh, to this sort of thing, and there's all kinds of stuff out there's there. There's websites for literally everything. <laughs> that's right. All right, so my last one before we wrap up the show today is actually uh, a pretty interesting one. So you may or may not have heard of the Large Hadron Collider, mm. which, contrary to popular belief, is not a morbidly obese female wrestler. It's a sciency thing that's located in Switzerland that does sciency stuff. That's right. Attempting and failing to really understand what it does, uh, that's me, I I can't really tell you. Basically, from what I was able to ascertain, it propels microscopic particles at great speeds and smashes them into one another. For what? I don't know. Mm. Science. Yeah, I want to see what happens. Some sort of science-y thing. Try to create a wormhole. But this thing has been the focus of a lot of conspiracy theories over the years, and some are more plausible than others. Some people think that it might accidentally create a black hole that will swallow everyone. I've heard of that. Some people think it will be created. It was created to usher in an ancient god. We're going to talk about that. So this one gets, believe it or not, uh, gets some credence because of the people who run the stupid Hadron Collider. Mm-hmm. They erected a statue of the Hindu goddess Shiva, Ooh. the god of destruction, at their headquarters. 
Why would you do that? Well, they like the Shiva. She's so they're going to attractive. So so they created this giant thingy bobber yep. that propels things almost the speed of light, collides right. particles into one another. We really don't know what's going to happen to it, and they put up a goddess of Hindu destruction because they're trying to they're trying to destroy us. Mm. That's what they're trying to so do. So why do that? Well, why not? So the ancient texts, I don't know which ancient texts, but if you could probably find them on your own. The Dead Sea Scrolls refer to a machine, I guess these are Hindu Hindu texts. Texts is hard to say. Texts. texts. Uh anyway, they, they talk about a machine that could open up stargates or wormholes that would allow the ancient gods to come back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so supposedly the Hadron Large Hadron Collider is going to open this gate. Shiva can come through and kill everyone. Uh, but the Hadron Collider has been operating for, I think, like 10 years. And nothing has happened as of yet, uh, that as far as I know. Um, but it could be a Stargate-related... You ever see Stargate the movie? I did enjoy Stargate. Stargate was a pretty good movie. It had James Spader. And Kurt Russell Kurt again. Russell again. again. Kurt Russell, the common thread of That's today's right. uh, thing. He was a, a badass mm. Air Force colonel guy That's with right. a beret. I liked when they went to the to, like, they went through the Stargate and they were like in Egypt. It was like yes, a, like a pseudo Egypt. Egypt yes, kind of it was like Egypt except futuristic. and Future Egypt. Yeah, there was some, some, uh, some hot chicks that were kind of dirty in there. Did you know that Saddam Hussein had a Stargate? I heard that. That's I heard another, that, uh, that's another, another outlandish conspiracy theory. But you know, um, you enjoy James Spader. No. I think he's a pretty good actor. Why don't you like James no, Spader? No, he's terrible. What? And what's that show he's in now that's on uh, network TV? It's awful. Oh, the uh, the Blacklist? Oh, my I, God. I, liked the first, I, saw, I think I saw the first season. It was pretty good. The only movie I ever liked him in was Crash. Oh, yeah. Where he played a, a guy who had a sexual fetish for people <laughs> that had been in car crashes. You know, one day we're going to do a sexual fetish show, Strange Sexual Fetishes. We'll have to preface that. Yeah, we're not going to uh, let kids listen to that no, one. No, definitely not. But uh, we, we can definitely And you can do talk that. about your experiences with different fetishes. I could, I could, yeah. Mm. Of course, when my wife isn't listening. But anyway, so we talked a lot about strange conspiracies today. We hope that we spurred some uh, some intellectual curiosity on your parts. You can go look up these things, uh, come up with your own. And if you have a, a strange conspiracy theory that you want us to talk about, send us a, a message to the Eon Project. That's T H E E O N Project at yahoo.com. You can also get a hold of us on Facebook and Twitter at the Eon Project. And uh, let us know, and we'll we'll talk about it in our future episode. Absolutely, and don't forget about the old three hundred three giveaway. Yes, where you can get a you could win a five hundred dollar custom guitar or a thousand dollar custom custom guitar. Wow. And now I know a little about a bit about guitars, and you can certainly get a good quality guitar for five hundred dollars, oh, and even twice as good for a thousand. Yeah, and we also briefly mentioned earlier we have some exciting news about the Eon Project and a uh, uh, a medium shift uh, to another project that we will be doing soon. That's right. Uh, that we're, we're in the pre production stages of now, but it's going to be a pretty exciting project, uh, and and we hope to get some uh, our, our websites up and running here uh, relatively soon. But uh, stay tuned to the show. Drop us a note. Let us know you're alive. And uh, we'll take it from there. That's correct. You have anything else to add? No, that's it. Okay. So until next time, just remember, the truth exists. Believe it. <laughs>